You're listening to a podcast from the BMJ. Mike Murphy is a consultant haematologist and professor of blood transfusion medicine at the John Radcliffe Hospital. He's also one of the authors of this week's clinical review on transfusing blood safely and appropriately. Let's start with the problem of inappropriate transfusion. You mentioned in your review that there's evidence that blood and blood products are being transfused inappropriately. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yes. Um, the reason that we understand that uh, there is a there is inappropriate use of blood is by carrying out national audits of, of blood transfusion practice. And we found that audits of all blood products, red cells, platelets, plasma, have indicated a level of inappropriate use of between 20 and 30%. So that indicates to us that there is a, a problem here of inappropriate use of blood uh, in accordance with with national guidelines for for good transfusion practice. Do you have any theories about why that might be? I think there are probably a number of reasons. Um, One one is that there is possibly some uh, reluctance to accept the the guidance because the the evidence base is, is not strong enough, although the evidence base for appropriate use of blood is is getting stronger with publication of randomized controlled trials. There may also be an issue with education and training of of junior doctors who are probably responsible for most of the, the, the blood ordering and probably a lack of understanding of good transfusion practice amongst senior clinicians as well. Can you explain to us a bit about the guidance you've mentioned and what sort of thresholds and clinical triggers are recommended to minimise inappropriate transfusion? The clinical triggers for transfusion are, are developed from national guidelines produced largely by the British Committee for Standards in Haematology, although NICE is in the process of preparing guidelines for for blood transfusion. The standard guidance for red cell transfusion is that it should only be considered if the haemoglobin concentration is less than 80 grams per litre in a haemodynamically stable patient that is a patient that's not actively bleeding. And that trigger is also appropriate for patients with comorbidities such as cardiovascular disease. The the guidance for for platelets and, and plasma becomes a little bit more complicated because of the many possible scenarios in which platelets and and plasma are used. But one important one is that patients with platelet counts greater than 50 or an international normalized ratio INR of less than two can safely undergo invasive procedures without correcting those abnormal laboratory values. Are there any steps that hospitals are trying to take to reduce unnecessary transfusion and improve practice? Yes, I mean, this is a really important issue just now. It's one that we're we're beginning to have some success with, I think. The key one is the education and training of the doctors ordering blood. There are also, there's also a lot of interest at the moment in, for example, making sure that uh, pre-surgical patients uh, have blood counts taken in advance of surgery and that if they're identified as having anemia, that that an- anemia is 
investigated and, and treated in advance of surgery. There are also other measures that are, that are appropriate for surgical patients while they're in the operating theatre. For example, for patients having um, uh, complex procedures, it's possible to salvage blood at the time of surgery from, from blood that's shed. There are antifibrinolytic drugs such as tranexamic acid, which have been shown to minimize blood use. So the there are a range of activities which can uh, minimize the inappropriate use of blood and, and also result in blood avoidance. Let's talk a little bit about the practicalities of initiating a transfusion. What needs to happen before a transfusion can take place? There needs to be a consideration by the medical staff as to whether there are alternative measures that can be undertaken for example for an anemic patient what is the cause of their anemia is there really a need for a transfusion or can the anemia be be managed in in another way for example treatment of iron deficiency anemia with with oral iron or intravenous iron if a transfusion is being considered it's also important to discuss the risks and benefits with, with the patient. And then the next stage would be to take a sample for blood grouping and compatibility testing in the laboratory. You mentioned that there are different ways of compatibility testing. Can you tell us a bit about those? Yes, the, the basic process is blood grouping and antibody screening. So blood grouping is, is obvious. The antibody screening is to determine whether the patient has any antibodies that that could affect the survival of the the donor blood. And it's undertaken by testing the patient's plasma against a range of of donor red cells which encompass all the, the main blood groups. Most patients don't have red cell antibodies that will interfere with um, with, with the survival of, of any transfused donor blood. And if that's the case, there's no need to do cross-matching, which was the traditional approach to providing compatible blood. The benefit of doing antibody screening is that blood doesn't need to be provided in advance of surgery. If the patient does need blood, they can be provided with blood of the same ABO and RHD group just straight from the laboratory without any need for additional serological testing. And how long would that take in, in comparison to, say, a, a traditional cross-match? Yes, yeah, so the traditional cross-match would take at least an hour to, to perform. The issue of blood for a patient whose blood group is known and whose antibody screen is negative could be done in a matter of a minute or two minutes that's much quicker. Um, I'd like to just talk to you a little bit about the hazards associated with blood transfusion. What sort of adverse events can occur and what should clinicians be on the lookout for once a transfusion is in process? Yes, this is an important question. I think in the minds of uh, many patients and even some clinicians, the major concern about blood transfusion is the risk of transmission of infection. But this is extremely rare. 
less than one in a million in the cases of most viruses, greater than one in many millions for, for, for some of them. Another concern is the, the risk of transmission of variant CJD, but there have only been four known cases of transmission of variant CJD by blood transfusion since the, the mid-1990s. The main concern in terms of risk of transmission of infection is bacterial contamination of platelets, which are stored at 22 degrees, so near room temperature. But recently, in the UK, all platelets are, are tested by bacterial culture to, to minimize this risk. Mm -hmm. There are lots of other risks, including the risk of, of wrong blood transfusions, and, and this is obviously uh, of considerable concern. There are a number of, of, of ways of reducing that, for example, paying great attention to, to every step in the, in the transfusion process. There are other, other complications of transfusion, including uh, circulatory overload of a patient, for example, with congestive cardiac failure. Mike, would you like to comment on what you think the most serious adverse reaction to blood transfusion is? Short has, has well documented that the, the most serious adverse effect of, of transfusion is transfusion-related acute lung injury, or TRALI. This is where leukocyte antibodies in, in the donor, usually stimulated by pregnancy, react with leukocytes in the patient and cause acute lung injury. And TRALI has been the, the, the most frequent cause of mortality and morbidity since SHOT started collecting data on adverse effects of transfusion in 1996. NHS Blood and Transplant, NHSBT, who are the blood supplier to the NHS, have minimized this risk by excluding female donors from providing plasma for patients. Plasma was found to be the major cause of TRALI because plasma is, most like, is the most likely blood component to contain antibodies. Red cells are largely free of plasma because of the processing. What sort of symptoms should doctors be on the lookout for when someone's having a transfusion that might prompt them to, to think about stopping the transfusion and wondering whether this is as a result of the blood they're being given? Yes, so patients are asked to report any adverse effects and are actively monitored during a transfusion any indication that the patient is having a, a reaction, for example, an increase in, in temperature or not feeling very well, would be taken very seriously and the transfusion discontinued while the event was further in, investigated. The major concern are reactions such as a hemolytic transfusion reaction due to ABO incompatibility or transfusion-related acute lung injury. So the transfusion would be discontinued and depending on the patient's clinical symptoms and signs, further investigations would be undertaken to exclude a severe transfusion reaction. 
You talk a little bit in the review about what happens if an adverse reaction does occur and the processes for reporting that and keeping a tab on things. Do you want to talk a little bit about that? In the in the UK, we've we've had a hemovigilance process for nearly 20 years now, whereby all adverse events are reported. Also, errors that have occurred during the, the transfusion process are reported to SHOS. This has enabled considerable learning about adverse events and errors. And SHOT each year reports these. And in fact, the, the most recent SHOT report was uh, launched last week and reported in the British Medical Journal and one of the major concerns is still the large number of errors in the transfusion process which puts patients at risk of wrong blood transfusions. And finally Mike, what are the key messages that you'd like doctors to take away from your review? The main main message I think is to use evidence-based guidelines to guide their, their use of blood to make sure that patients who are transfused really, really need a transfusion. And compliance with these guidelines will both minimize adverse effects of transfusion and wastage of, of blood, which are donated by volunteers and costly and sometimes in short supply. Mike, thanks for joining us today. For more information about this programme and other BMJ Group podcasts, please visit bmj.com.